0: Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. Good morning. It's a little snowy out there, but I'm glad that you're here today, and uh, yes, we did... Uh, moved from Florida to Detroit. I don't know what we did wrong. God made us do that. We've repented and we're still there. But uh, no, we're excited about all that God's doing. We started our church, uh, many of you know, the Sunday that COVID hit. Uh, So we not only moved from Florida to Detroit, but right when COVID hit. So uh, yeah, we did something wrong. I don't know. But uh, anyway, we had the Lions. Okay. Well, this is just going downhill quick, but... uh, (laughs) we've actually got about uh, probably three or four or five Lions players go to the church. I was kidding with them uh, at the end of last season. I said, guys, I said, uh, I'm going to ask you to be the pallbearers at my funeral so you can let me down just one more time. (laughs) Okay, so... uh, Well, welcome to church this morning. We're so glad that you chose to worship with us. If you're online, hey, can we put our hands together and welcome all those that are joining us online today? Wherever you're joining us, welcome home. We're so glad that you're here at Res Life this morning. We're excited. I know the, the maybe the weather kept some of you home, but uh, I'm excited about this season always at, uh, at Res Life. Heart for the kingdom, heart for the kingdom. And how many love your church? How many are grateful to be a part of Res Life? And, uh... All that God is, is doing. I'm not Pastor Dwayne, by the way. I know with this desk and with this chair and with this shirt, I look a lot like him. I just don't have hair. But I just thought, in honor of Pastor Dwayne, I'd wear a plaid shirt. Thought that'd be perfect. But uh, I always love to get to spend time with Pastor Dwayne and Jeannie. They're just amazing leaders, amazing people, and I always encourage our faith. How many are thankful for your pastors? How many are grateful for them? Leading, uh, leading the church and, and this kid, cause he, he's just got so much wisdom. He's done so much. And I, I made me think of this young guy, uh, me being the young guy. Um, I like to feel young every now and then, but, uh, at the construction site, he was bragging about how he could do anything. He had all this strength and he could, uh, he could just do anything. And he's especially making fun of this one old guy. He said, you know, you, you're just, you're old now. And after a few minutes, the old guy just got tired of, of, of the young guy giving him a hard time and he said okay so why don't you put your money where your mouth is he said i'll bet you one week's wages that i can take that wheelbarrow right there i can haul something in that wheelbarrow to the other building that you won't be able to haul back the young guy said oh, okay old man you got it let's let's go let's see what you got and the old man reached out he got the wheelbarrow and then he nodded to the young guy he said okay get in See, he might, he might be older, but he had some wisdom. How many are thankful for wisdom? God gives us wisdom. The wisdom is the principal thing, whatever you do get wisdom i want to share some wisdom with you today i want to jump right in this because i think it's going to help us today i just want to encourage you thinking about heart for the world and and uh, heart for the kingdom and and i thought who has a heart for the kingdom who would that be we talk about heart for the kingdom I, I i want to have a heart for the kingdom i hope you have a heart for the kingdom what would a person be who had a heart for the kingdom and i thought it would be a group of people men women people like you that that love the house of god well we just saw we love our church People that are committed to leaning into the vision, uh, we, we we got a lot of people that are willing to do that with their with their finances, with their trusts, with supporting the the leadership, with good stewards uh, being good stewards of what they themselves have been given. People that uh, want to make a significant personal sacrifice in order that the vision and mission of the church can move forward, take leaps and bounds, and and, uh, and I don't know where we would be without people like that, that have a heart for the kingdom. How about this? Our building is debt-free because some people had a heart for the kingdom. Come on, that's, that's something to put your hands together for. And many of you gave generously to make that happen, and we're so grateful uh, for that. People that stretched themselves, that extended themselves to say, you know what? There's a scripture in Ephesians 6, 8 that says, what you make happen for God's house, God will make happen for your house. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. And I believe as we see God's vision for his house come to put first the kingdom of God, then all these other things will be added unto us. And I believe that these people that have a heart for the kingdom, their lives will play a significant role in building the very thing that God himself is building. I want to be involved in what God's doing and God is building his church. And when we get to, when we give toward his church and we give a heart for the kingdom, we are a part of what God's building, his church. And the fruit, we see it every week here, salvations online, people getting saved, giving their heart to Jesus, all because of that. And so that, that is born from a heart to make res life a home for others. And we're seeing that. We see it every week. So there's, there's believers and there's people just like, like myself. Um, who've been chosen, like you, who've been chosen to be faithful with what God's blessed them with and, and, and let God open the floodgates of heaven. How many wouldn't mind God blessing you a little bit more so you could be a little bit greater of a blessing? How many like giving? Let me see if you like to give. Okay, good. A few stingy people. But for the most part, yeah, most of us like to give. We kind of can't help it. It's the way God made us. For God so loved the world that he He gave, right? He gave his very best. He gave his only son. And so God's looking for people that are willing to give their best, that'll pick up this mandate and be used. And I believe he's trying to raise up an army of people that have a heart for the kingdom. I call them people, those people, kingdom builders. Kingdom builders. Those that say, God bless me so that I can be a blessing to build your house. Say say this with me. Say, "I'm I'm blessed. Come on, everybody say it. Say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. If you just remember that one thing online, go ahead and type it in. You can type it in. I'm blessed to be a blessing. Don't think just because you stayed home in the snow, you don't have to do anything today. We know you didn't stand up during praise and worship while we were. You made coffee. We saw you. (laughs) Be a kingdom builder, right? It's, it's, being a kingdom builder is not about intelligence, it's not about skills, it's not about social standing, it's not even about your financial position. When I really became a kingdom builder, Christine and I were living in a little government-assisted apartment, little Section 8 housing, and, uh, and just getting started. And we started Dave Martin International, and people laughed at us, like, international, where y'all been? We've never been anywhere. We, just, we had a dream, we had a vision, right? Uh, international. We've been to Canada once. Across the border there in Detroit, but uh, uh, um, but we had a vision. I mean, it was a small ministry. I did everything. I answered my own phones. I'm like, Dave Martin International. They're like, Can I speak with Dave? Uh, one moment, please. <clears throat> Hello, this is Dave. <laughs> Hello. Like, oh, your staff is so efficient. I've trained it myself. Yeah. It was a small ministry, but here in this little in this in this little apartment, God began to speak to us about being kingdom builders, about putting first the kingdom of God and having a heart for the kingdom, being kingdom builders. And and then we took the first step. We didn't have much, but we started with what we had. And it, it, it seemed impossible at the time that we'd be able to do anything really great, but we trusted God. And as we did, he has blessed us above and beyond what we could even imagine. And and uh, and and like we just said we're blessed to be a blessing. And I believe God's inviting every one of us. He's inviting you and me and 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 you at home with your coffee. He's inviting us to be a part of building his kingdom. And, and and I believe he's calling us and asking us, here's what it's all about. It's about being people of faith. Pastor Dwayne's been teaching us on the foundation uh, last week on, on authority and, and on... on faith the week before that. And if you've missed those services, go back and and watch them again. That's why we put them up on YouTube so you can go back and watch them because you don't remember it the first time. You got to see it again. You got to hear it again. Write down scriptures. When you hear stuff, today I'm going to say a few things. I hope you'll, if you're taking notes, write them down. Okay. If you're not taking notes, write them down. Get out your phone, put them down, Then go back and you watch the sermon. All of a sudden, how many have ever watched a movie more than more than four times. Same movie, you've seen more than four times. Look at all of you. Yeah, how many saw things the fourth time you didn't see the first three times? You caught something, you're like, oh man, I, I never even caught that. And it's the same thing when you hear a message or, or a word from God. Sometimes you gotta hear it over and over and believing the promises of, of God's word builds our faith and that's what we're here to do is to use our, our faith because faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God. How many wanna please God? The way to do that is by using your faith. And so, so I heard this call, uh, of God to, to put first the kingdom of God, to build God's house. And when I built God's house, God would build, uh, my house. And, and so we, we think about that. We just celebrated paying off, uh, the, the building. Now you think, wouldn't that be a great time for pastor to go, okay, we got everything paid off. We've been given. We've been generous for years. You know what? Let's just relax for a couple of years. Let's take a little break, and then we'll do something. There's plenty to do. No, no, no. He said, you know what? There's more to do, and we don't have time to wait. We've got to help people, so we're going to build House of Hope. How incredible is the House of Hope? Isn't that awesome? We get to be a part of that? Yeah, that's something to celebrate. Think of the the, the women's lives that will be changed. They'll be rescued from human trafficking, That uh, that babies that will not be aborted. Think of the lives that will be impacted because you and I say yes. God, bless me to be a blessing. Use me as a kingdom builder to help fund your kingdom. Believers like us that will step over the line and, and, and decide to put God first in every area of our life to live a, a generous life. Not just ordinary people, just yeah, thinking about ourselves, but people that would live an extraordinary, generous life. Now, I'll, I'll be honest, I hate financial pressure. How many have ever been under financial pressure or had a lack of finances at some point in your life? Some point in your life. Yeah, yeah, most all of us have, have been there. How many How many love that? How many love being stressed out about? Yeah, nobody likes that. Uh, and so when you don't have enough, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Same like it would be for a, a visionary leader who God speaks you to do something, and then there's not enough because people uh are, are not generous with what God's blessed them with. It's also a way to make sure that you don't struggle because God set up a system to create an economy. Now, I know, you know, right now you can look on the news and and you can get in fear real quick. That's why you shouldn't watch too much of the news. Uh, uh, You know, CNN, constant negative news. Um, that's what it stands for. Any news station it's just, um, and, and they'll, they'll get you in fear so quick. And you look at the gas prices and oh my goodness, it's, it's up over $4. It's going to go to $5. What are we going to, what are we going to do? Well, thank God we have a Bible. How many have, how many have your Bible? How many have a Bible? How many believe it? Right. How many know God will supply all, all your needs, right? I'm to supply all your needs. How many need gas in your car? I guess unless you have an electric car. But uh, we need gas, right? You need gas. So God said, he'll supply all of my needs. Well, what if gas gets up to $7? Because in England, it's like $10 a gallon, something like that. But God didn't know it was going to get that high in England. I'll supply all your needs up until about $7. I didn't realize gas could get, no. And it doesn't matter what country you're at or where. He said, he'll supply... we either believe it or we don't. And so our church is filled with faithful people every day, hardworking people, not a, not a bunch of wealthy millionaires, probably some of you that God's uh, blessed to that level, and that that's great, but we can't rely on just one or two people to do this. It takes all of us saying we have a heart for the kingdom. We want to see God move. We want to see God do amazing things, and God use us to be A part of it and i believe god wants to raise up an entire generation of generous people an entire church of generous people who will carry out the vision there's a a story in the bible that i love about the uh the centurion and it's a it's a famous story in the bible i'm going to paraphrase it for you real quick this centurion comes to to jesus and says hey can you uh will you heal my servant and jesus was like sure let's go to your house i'll be glad to heal your servant and the centurion said, wait, Jesus, first of all, he says, uh, I'm not worthy of you coming to my house. And, and secondly, you don't even need to come to my house. You just say the word and my servant will be healed. Right? You just speak the word. The scripture tells us that Jesus was amazed at this man's faith. Remember, we said we need faith because without faith, it's impossible to please God. In just a couple of weeks, we're going to have an opportunity to give toward House of Hope, to give and be a part of, of the heart for the kingdom in that offering. And I would encourage, according to this scripture, if we want to please God, how many how many want to please God? How many want to please God? That's all of us. Then whatever we do as God speaks to us, he's going to speak to us. I promise you, he will tell you to do something that's going to cause you to use your faith. It's going to cause you to use your faith. If it doesn't, if you don't use your faith, you don't need your faith. It's not going to be pleasing to Him. And, and I believe He wants to, He wants us to, uh, to, to please Him by using our, our faith. And, and it'll be different levels for different people. I remember when, when I gave $500 one time and that took every bit of faith I had because I had $503 in my checkbook. Some of you remember me telling that. That story, Christine and I living in a little government assisted apartment, little Section Eight housing, and five hundred dollars is what we made for a week combined. Both of us together, we made five hundred dollars a week. And I remember being in the service and uh, and and having a, a special offering like this, heart for the kingdom, and and uh, giving toward vision, and and uh, and and the preacher was encouraging people to give. Some of you can give more than others. You know, it's like we won't all give the same amount. Some of you could give a thousand dollars. Some of you, that would be easy. Some of some people, it would take all the faith they have to give $1,000. Some of you, it'd be, oh, that's like no no big deal. $1,000, we can give that. It wouldn't take any any faith at all. Well, that's where pleasing God comes in. You want to do something that's going to require some faith. Well, at that time, he's encouraging people. Somebody can give $10,000. i am like, that's not me. Somebody can give 5000 oh, That's not me neither. He said, somebody could give 500 All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said, that's you. I'm like, that's not me. All of a sudden, the guy next to me said, that's me. I said, whew, I overheard God talking to him. I put my wallet back in my pocket. Christine leaned over. She said, is God telling you anything? I said, I don't know. Is he telling you anything? She said, I think we're supposed to give 500. I said, oh, shoot. I remember I looked at my checkbook and I had $503. Now, when you have 503 and he wants 500 of it, that takes faith. I'm going to really please him. Because that's everything I had. That was, all, that was everything that we had. I remember I kind of leaned my checkbook up toward heaven so he could see how much I had. He said he already knew how much I had. That's why he didn't ask for more. I'm filling out the check. Ink is smearing from the tears. <laughs> God loves a cheerful giver. I just looked like Joel Osteen when I did that, didn't I? God loves a cheerful giver. Amen yeah the, the other day someone introduced me they said what's dave martin like someone said he's kind of a mixture between joel osteen and larry the cable guy <laughs> just hold your bible up and say get her done you know um but i, but I remember writing that check inca and you know uh well god listen god lot also loves uncheerful givers he loves everybody right I tell you what, when you have $503 and he wants 500 of it, willing, yes. Obedient, fine. Happy, nope, not at all. Oh. People are like, you shouldn't cry. I said, I'm not. I'm watering my seed. It was watering my, my seed. It was everything that I had. But, but at that level, it took my faith. It took, it took every bit of faith we had to give everything we had. Well, the next year, God speaks to us. And that year we gave a thousand dollars. Um, but during that 12 months between when we gave the 500 and when we got to the 1000 we were we were, on top of being in the little government-assisted apartment, we were $32,000 in debt. Well, I didn't know how in the world we'd ever get out of debt, but I knew that God didn't want us living in debt. But uh, that seed began to produce. Every seed produces a harvest, right? It doesn't matter. You don't even have to be a Christian. You can, you can plant some corn and see that happens seeds produce harvest. So when we planted seed, it produced a harvest in our life and supernaturally things begin to happen. Uh, A check came. We weren't expecting in the mail. We called about it to pay off a a debt we had at the, for a hospital bill. They said, no, 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 you don't have any, your, your bill's been wiped zero. I said, what do you mean? It's wiped? no, I owe 17,000. They go, no, you you're, it says zero. Every now and then the, the hospital likes to do something nice for somebody and they've decided to mark your bill Paid in full, $17,000. <clears> Y'all seem a little upset about my blessings. <laughs> but do I, think, do I think God knew about that bill when he spoke to me about the 500? Yeah, I do. I do. And I think when I let go of what was in my hand, God let go of what was in his hand. When I said, God, I'm going to put your kingdom first, he said, I'll take care of all the other things. And, and, and so I can tell you, Christine, we, we went into Walmart. I think I, I might have told you all this story before. She went to Walmart to get some Walmart stuff, whatever, <laughs> toilet paper, I don't know, whatever you get at Walmart, toothpaste. She, she went to Walmart and while she was in there, the, this lady comes up and asks her if she'd like to be in a Walmart commercial. And uh, and and she said, "Well, as her and her friend said, what do you got to do to be in a Walmart commercial?" They "Go, well, we're just we got people at 20 WalMarts around the country today. We're going to video people. We'd we'd like to video you and your friend if you'd like to audition for the commercial." So they just videotaped them shopping for a few minutes, I guess. And and uh, and they they sent it in. They called. They came home and told me. They said we were at Walmart and they asked us to be in the commercial. I I kind of laughed because you don't go to Walmart. People ask you to be in commercials. I've been to Walmart a lot. No one's ever asked me to be in a commercial. And I, I kind of feel like I'm commercial material. <laughs> so I'm kind of laughing at them. Well, two days later, we get a telephone call from Walmart. Out of all the Walmarts, 20 Walmarts around the country, her and her friend were the ones chosen for this, um, this Walmart commercial. Some of you, if, you, if this story sounds familiar, uh, Joyce Meyer used to tell this story all the time. Uh, if y'all heard it? Y'all heard of Joyce Meyer? She's got a little ministry trying to get going. Um, I think pray for Joyce. I think she's going to make it. But uh, uh, they, they said, so they went to Walmart and uh, they, they were picked for the commercial. So they said, be at Walmart Friday morning, eight o'clock. They go down there to Walmart and, and uh, there's a lady with the video camera. They're looking for the lady with the video camera, but half of Walmart's blocked off. There's lights, cameras everywhere. They said, they said we're here for the commercial. They said, oh, come right this way. They said, who else is in the commercial? They said, nobody, it's just you two. They said, well, do we have, what, we have to learn lines? What do we have to do? They said, no, you don't, you're just going to shop. We're going to videotape you shopping and talk about how much you love Walmart. So they just went shopping. Walmart's great. I love Walmart. Does this look good on me? For eight hours, they just shopped, talking about how much they loved Walmart. And at the end, they handed them each a check for $800. Now, I don't know about you, but I call that favor. That's the first time my wife ever went shopping, came home with more money than she left with. I, no. They said, by the way, could you sign these papers, because it's going to be a national commercial, which means every time it airs, you're going to get paid for it. Well, we're in a little government-assisted apartment, Section 8 housing. We don't know how we're ever going to get out of debt. But a few weeks earlier, God spoke to us about a seed for his kingdom. What we make happen for God's house, God makes happen for your house. This commercial starts airing. It's going to air for 13 weeks. by the end of the first two weeks, we'd already received checks in the mail for over $5,000. She just went to Walmart. You never know how God's going to bless you. Next time you go to Walmart, you fix your hair, do your makeup. You just <laughs> you just never know. You just never know. Every time I go to Walmart, I, when I walk by the security cameras, I'm like, just never know how God's going to bless you. But here's the thing. In that little apartment, we said, God, if you'll use us to build your kingdom, heart for the kingdom. Lord, Lord, let us be kingdom builders. It wasn't a lot at that time, but God spoke to us. The next year was a thousand, the next year, $2,500. And every time God stretched us to another level, see, here's what, uh, it was all faith. It was all using our faith. The centurion, Jesus said, wow, um, his faith, he was amazed by the guy's faith. The centurion said, faith doesn't have to do with faith. This has to do with authority. I'm a man of authority. I'm actually a man under authority. I say to this man, go over here and he goes there and, 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 and aren't you the same, Jesus? You're a man of authority and you just say a word and, and you don't even have to go to my house. My servant will be healed. See, this centurion had a hundred men under his authority. Who would do whatever he required of them to do. They weren't robots, but they were just willing participants for the cause of Rome. And I, and I think it's amazing as I look around this, this room and, and, and we're praying as we're coming up to heart for the kingdom. And, and God says, look, I just need a few people. I just need someone like you that says, I'll be a kingdom builder. Uh, God, I, I, I I'll, I'll be a part of whatever's required for the sake of the kingdom. Not like robots, but all of us just saying we are willing participants for the cause of Christ. What if we built this house? What if we, we seven and a half million dollars to build House of Hope? What if we built this house and all they rescued was one girl and one girl said yes to Jesus and one girl decided not to abort her baby? Would it be worth it? Well, I don't know, would it be worth it? I mean, just one. No, Jesus died for one. If it would have just been you, he would have still gave everything. And so I think about that every opportunity I have. God gave his very best, his son, Jesus, his only son, right? Not just any son. Wasn't like God had three sons and he's like, hey, give them the second one. (laughs) The middle one's always the bad one. No. (laughs) He gave his very best for you and, and for me. What it's gonna require for us to do this is gonna, it's going to take millions of dollars, seven over $7 million just to, to build it. But I believe God can use us to do that. And who's God going to use to do it? Well, he's going to use us. Well, he's going to use those of us who say, you know what? We have a heart for the kingdom. We see what God wants to do. God, if you can use me, use me, make me a pipeline, bless me so that I can be a blessing. In this building are pipes, all throughout this building are pipes. Uh, they, 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 move water from one place to another place, right? The purpose of the pipes in this building are not to get wet. That's not the purpose of the pipe. We didn't put pipes in here so they could get wet. We put pipes in here so that they could move and distribute water from one part of the building to another part of the building. The same thing with God's blessing. God blesses us not so we can be not so we can get blessed, but so that we can be a distribution center of blessing. So that we can be a blessing. God use me as a pipeline of your blessing. Do the pipes get wet? Yes, they get wet. Is that the purpose of the pipe? No. The purpose is to distribute water. So the purpose we have is to distribute God's blessing. God, bless me so that I can be a blessing. Lord, make me a distribution center of your blessings. As you bless me, use me to bless others. Say, I'm blessed. blessed. Come on, everybody. Say, I'm blessed. blessed. To be a blessing. I don't know what it is that you're believing God to do or what you're asking God to do. But I, I think about whatever it is that you need God to do in your life as you put first the kingdom, put first and, and, and faith. I, I just keep thinking about faith because when you think about the Bible, you look at all these great people in the Bible, whatever it is you're believing for is going to require faith. The dreams you have in your heart, the visions, that you have of things, maybe you want to start your own business, maybe the blessings that you're, maybe it's not even a blessing, maybe it's a miracle that you're believing for right now, a healing in your body, a restoration in your home, or whatever it may be. Whatever it may be, it's going to require faith. Faith is a muscle. If you want a muscle to grow, you have to exercise it. Now, I think about people in the Bible that used those faith muscles, the Bible's full of champions that were were driven by this vision that they had on the inside of them. We have a vision to build a house of hope. You have a vision of things you, how many have got some dreams and visions, some blessings, and or maybe some miracles that you're believing for right now? Some things that you wanna see God do in your life. I believe what we make happen for God's house. Now you, we can't pay God to help us start a business. God, we can't pay God to get us our, our, our mother-in-law healed. Well, it's your mother in law. Why would you do that anyway? But I'm kidding, that's a joke. I've got great mother in law. Mother in law said, I'm here. Hello. Not my mother in law. But uh, you remember Peter when Peter denied Jesus? Do you remember that whole story? And, and uh, said, why would Peter deny Jesus? Well, a few verses before he denied Jesus was when Jesus, Jesus healed his mother in law. I don't know if that's just a coincidence. I'm just saying it's in the Bible. So anyway, here's these champions, right? They had these, these visions, uh, within their, in their spirit and, and, uh, these, these seeds that were placed in them transformed them from just mediocre men and women into incredible men and women of miracles, of God's blessing and God's favor. Abraham. He had this vision inside of him, the, the, a photograph of children and generations of children. God said that you'll have children and your children will have children. And, and he, he said, look at the stars in the sky. That's the number of kids that will come after you. And and, and he's like, I'm 100 years old. How in the world? Well, you, you can read the scripture in Romans chapter four. Even when they there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. Believing that he would become the father of many nations. For uh, God had said to him, How many descendants will you have? Abraham didn't, didn't, Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at 100 years of age, how many have been asking God for something and it's, it, it, and you haven't got it yet, but you've been asking for longer than a week? Anybody? Oh my goodness, look, has anybody asked God for something that took him longer than six months to answer you? Anybody longer than a, a, a year? Oh my goodness! How many have ever waited longer than five years for something? I, listen, I've got something. Twenty years I've been praying for. I haven't seen it happen yet. What if I gave up today, and God was going to do it tomorrow? See, we don't know His timing. And Abraham had plenty of uh, of times uh, opportunities to give up. He's now a hundred years old, but it's that Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though he's a hundred years old. He figured his body was as good as dead, and and, and so was his wife's womb. But he never wavered in believing God's promise. If God said he would do it, he'll do it. If God said he'll do it. So he was fully convinced that God was able to, to do whatever he promised. Then Mark chapter 5, you see the woman with the issue of blood. She thought to herself, if I can just touch his rope. She had this vision on the inside of her, this vision seed. If I can just touch Jesus, I know that I'll be That I'll be healed. She had a vision inside of her. What's the vision that you can't see yet in the natural, but there's a vision seed on the inside of you. Your body can be healed. God can provide the extra finances that you need, that you desperately need. God can open up doors of opportunity. God can connect you with right people. And it can begin happening the very moment that you learn this powerful tool that God has given every one of us, and that is faith. Faith. It's that invisible confidence that something exists, even though you can't see it. Faith—you uh, uh, uh. walk by faith and not by. Walk by faith and not by right. You don't look at what you see. Sometimes the situation doesn't look good, but what does God? What does God's word say? So, so God, when we use our faith, we please God. You say, "Well, I don't have any faith." Well, Romans 12 uh, verse 3 tells us that everybody has faith. You have faith, a little measure. You have a measure of faith, and you want to grow your faith. And I I think one of the ways to grow your faith is to stretch it, just like a muscle. Faith is a muscle. One of the ways to grow your muscles is to stretch them and work them out, right? You don't look like this without stretching. Listen, I'm trying really, really hard. I decided I'm going to I'm, by the end of the year, I'm going to lose 30 pounds. I decide that, and and uh, 30 pounds. And I, I've only got 35 to go. So Hebrews 11, verse 6, and it is impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. Every miracle that you'll ever receive can be traced back to your your faith, using your faith. Faith is what unlocks. It's the secret to what's happened here at Res Life over the past few decades is is a man and woman who used their faith and got a group of people who said, "We'll, we'll, we'll come alongside. We have a heart for the kingdom and let's use our faith together. And that faith has unlocked the the seeds of, of this building. This building wasn't here until someone had faith to believe, and now this building's paid for because someone had the faith to unleash the momentum and, and we've learned to use our faith and to focus it. And and it and, and well, Dave, that's great, but well, I don't even what is faith? Well, watch a couple weeks ago, Pastor taught us real good on faith. But faith is the ability to believe. It's just the ability to believe that God will do what he said he would do. How many believe the Bible? Yeah. Okay. A little over half of you. More than the first service, actually. <laughs> There's stories in the Bible. The widow. 1 Kings 17, a great story of someone who um, was willing to give her last meal to the prophet Elijah. Elijah shows up over at her house and, and, uh, and uh, knocks on the door. She opens the door. He's like, hi, I'm Elijah. She goes, I know. I've seen you, seen you on my Facebook feed. You make all those TikToks. I've seen you. Those are great. You're a great preacher. I enjoy all your your videos. He said, uh, I was wondering if I could have a pancake. You have any pancakes? She goes, Yeah, I, I should have known it. You preachers always want my pancakes. He said, Look, give me a pancake. She goes, She said, Well, I only have enough for me and my son. Me and my son Junior, we're gonna eat these and we're gonna die. This is all we got. He goes, Oh, quit being so negative. Look, he could have said, look, God God sent a bird to feed me, gave me water from a brook. What do you mean you're going to die? Come on, be a little more positive. But he said, wait a minute. He said, listen, I I don't think God sent Elijah the prophet to the widow's house because she had a need or because he had a need. I'm sorry. I think he sent Elijah the prophet to the widow's house because she had a need. And God sent someone to say, hey, look, let me show you a way out of the situation you're in. If you let go of what's in your hand, a seed, God will let go of what's in his hand, a harvest. And he began to paint a picture. He took out his paintbrush of faith. And he said, if you'll have the faith to believe, God will give you, and start drawing jars of oil. You're out of oil. Look at all this oil. God will give you all this oil. And you don't have any more flour. And he started drawing some bags of flour. He goes, flour, oil, everything that you don't have right now, that you're going to eat this last pancake. If you'll give me a pancake first, God will give you all this. Now, you can't, I'm not saying you can buy a miracle from God, but there's moments where we can use our faith. And she said, you know what? I believe that God will supply. If I put first the kingdom, then everything else will be it." And she was willing to let go of the pancake. And of course, we read the story that there was enough for her and junior. And then Nahum, the leper, another one, obeyed the prophet, dipping the Jordan seven times. When he used his faith, Why would I dip in the water seven times? That's weird. But he did it, and when he came up, what happened? He received his healing. The widow, uh, the wedding at Canaan, they filled the water pots in anticipation of the water to wine miracle. Noah, it never rained, but he was building an ark. The presence of your faith is proven when you do something. uh, It's proven by, by something that you do in obedience to God's word. So you prove your faith. How do you prove your faith? Well, in a couple of weeks, we'll receive that offering for Heart for the World. You'll prove your faith by saying, okay, God, what would you have me to do? And then you do what he tells you to do. You don't, you don't have to do what he tells someone else to do. You just got to do what he tells you to do. And it will be different for all of us. But every one of us, part of the ingredients to that will be faith. What do you? If you want to please God... You got to use your faith. Faith, Hebrews 11, verse one, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's evidence of things we cannot see. So faith, we see from the scripture that it's important to God, that it pleases him. And what, we're, what, what we do when we give is we activate faith. We activate faith to please the heart of God. How, how many appreciate it when, when someone trusts you? How many appreciate when, when someone trusts you? Most of us do. I mean, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be humiliating or it'd make me a little bit angry. It makes me angry sometimes when, I, when someone shows a lack of trust. What do you mean you don't trust me? Well, what, what do you mean? If you've ever felt like that. How many have ever felt like that? Like someone didn't trust you? Yeah. Now, you know, when we don't use our faith, now we know how God feels when you don't have faith in him, when you don't believe his word. People don't don't... Listen, some, sometimes we make statements like, I just don't have enough faith. I don't have, I don't have much faith for that. And how would you like to hear your children? We're God's children. My, my son's over here. I would, if, if I heard my son on the phone with some of his friends saying, oh yeah, my dad, I can't trust nothing he says. Oh, my mom lies. They just, they never tell me the truth. I just never know. I just can't believe them. Man, I would be crushed. I'd be humiliated to think that my son doesn't trust what I tell him that I'm going to do or or when I say I'm going to do something, I'd I'd be insulted, humiliated. And that's how God feels when you and I don't trust him, his children. And when he hears us down here going, I don't know if God can do it. I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if I believe every word that he speaks. And and you insult him. and, And when you use your, but when you use your faith, you please him. I asked at the beginning, what is it you're believing God for? What is it you're asking God for today? I don't know what he's going to ask of you, but as you honor him, I'll I, I never forget as God began to stretch our, our faith to $500, $1,000, $2,500. We've been saving that for a car, and we've been saving it up, and as and, uh, our car money. We needed a second car, and I'll never forget. We were in service just enjoying the praise and worship and all of a sudden, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit's like, you know the money you've been saving for your car? And I'm like, turn the music up. I'm trying to, try to get back into the worship. And, and, uh, and my wife says, God telling you anything? I said, oh, shoot. I said, the car money? She said, yeah, I think we're supposed to give it in the building fund. Oh, shoot. I've been saving that money, $2,500. I, I never forget, writing the check, $2,500, put it in the offering. Use my faith. I hope God was pleased because it was everything I've been saving, everything I had. A couple of days later, I'm in the car with the guy. We're driving along. He says, hey, he says, I'm thinking about getting a new car. I said, yeah, so, so was I. He's like, you should buy this car. I said, well, I'm not really in a position to buy a car. I, he said, he said oh, no, he goes, I'm not in a hurry. He said, ask your wife, you guys pray about it. Let me know if you're interested in it, let me know. I said, okay, yeah, sure, okay. I got home, told Christine, I go, hey, they're selling that car. She goes, I love that car. I said, yeah, I said, but she goes, he said to pray about it. She goes, let's pray about it. I said, oh, all right, fine, pray, pray if you want to. I was still a little upset over giving all my money in the offering. So she prayed and, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit said, that's your car, call them and tell me you want it. I said, I would, but you got all my money. <laughs> I called the guy, I said, hey, look, you said you weren't in a big hurry. Um, could you give my wife and I to get, we were praying, we, we'd like to get that car. Um, uh, could you give us a little time, maybe third days to get a few things together? He said, oh, no, he said, no problem. He said, actually, my wife and I were praying last night and God spoke to us and said, if, if, if you called and wanted the car, that we were just supposed to give it to you. He said, I don't know if you have plans tonight, but we'd like to bring the keys and the title over to your house. I, I said, right, actually, our plans just changed. We'll be home. Uh, but here's the thing. I could have kept the $2,500. I could have gave $500. I would be been fine with that. $1,000. I could have even, I, I would have felt it a little bit. But it, 25 dollars that it was everything God spoke to us. But we used our faith that pleased God. Now, do I think I paid God $2,500 to give me a car? No. But I believe my my obedience, my seed of obedience, produced a harvest of blessing. When you put first the kingdom, I had that car, we were so excited we had that car. We had we had it for a few, probably a couple months. I'm driving one day and the Holy Spirit says, You know, names this couple just starting out in ministry. He said, You know, they don't have a car. I said, Oh. Well, bless them, Lord. You did it for me, and you're no no respecter of person. If you can do it for me, he said, I want you to give them your car. I said, Well, <laughs> turn the radio up, try to roll my windows down, try to, and, and uh, I said, Christine, I feel like God wants us to give this car, and God's supposed us to give the car to this other couple. Sometimes blessings just pass through you. Right. And that's where that obedience and that faith and, and it may not happen where you thought or how you thought, but it, it was probably a year later. God did a, a supernatural blessing in our life and we were able to get a, a, another car supernaturally. And, and, and I could just, I could sit here and tell you, but every time we, we stretched our faith, every time we increased the measure of our faith, God did something great. Five thousand, ten thousand. I'll never forget the first time we gave ten thousand dollars. I never dreamed. I grew up a poor kid in Mississippi. I never dreamed I'd even have uh, $10,000. And, and I remember God spoke to us to give this $10,000. We, we were living in an apartment. We were out of our government assisted apartment. We are just in a regular apartment. And, uh, but we were just building God's house, building God's house. So I said, God, if this builds your kingdom, so I gave, we gave it. And, uh, just a few days later, a couple calls and says, uh, Hey, um, you know, our house we said, Oh yeah, we know your house It's a beautiful house. They said, we're, we're, we want to sell it. And we feel like you're supposed to buy it. I said, well, Amen. man, i um, oh no, they said, we feel like you're supposed to have it. That's what they said. Have it. I said, have it. That sounds good. And then they told me how much I was supposed to have it for. <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's, be- it's worth it. It's beautiful, but that's out of our price range. We're not, we, we've never even had a house before. And uh, we hung up. A few days later, they called back. They said, man, we just can't, we just really feel like you're supposed to have this house. What, this is what we owe on the house. If we give it to you for what we owe and you have the, the, uh, uh, Equity in the house? Would you be interested? And when they did, they knocked over two hundred thousand dollars off the price of the house. And I said, I think what you make happen for God's house, God makes happen for your house. And I can tell you, year after year, as we stretched our faith, our church is building a youth center. Uh, it's going to be three three point two million dollars, something like that. Pastor wanted to build it debt free, kind of like what we're doing with the House of Hope. We want to build it debt free. And we're sitting in service and pastor's encouraging us all to pray about what God would have us to do. Christine leans over and says, I think God wants us to give 25,000 to the youth center. I said, oh, I don't feel that. All of a sudden the Holy Spirit said, would you give 25,000 to the youth center? I said, I I don't have 25,000. He said, I didn't ask you if you had 25,000. He said, I asked you if you would give 25,000. I said, well, I mean, if I had it, yeah, uh, yes, if I had it, I'd give it. He said, okay, that was it. And then I remember that all of a sudden, I remember that scripture. He said he would supply seed to the sower. sower. All he needed to know was that I was willing to do it. If I was willing to do it, he would use me to do it. And I remember that night, we, we, we felt like God said, make a pledge to give 25,000 to the youth center. We gave 25,000. We didn't have 25,000 that night. I was, I was gonna give 10,000 because I'd done that before and I had that much. But then again, wouldn't have stretched my faith. I had that much. God was speaking to us to do something that would stretch our faith. And we made a commitment to give the $25,000. And supernaturally, things began to happen. A little a check came from over here we weren't expecting. And Christine got a check for $1,000 we weren't expecting. And and this, and, and all of a sudden, within within about 90 days, we were able to pay the whole 25000 we, we went ahead and put the 10000 in so it could start working. We needed to get some seed in the ground to get it working. But I can tell you, the 50, I can tell you, every time we stretch. Right now, God's speaking to us about a seed uh, that uh, coming up here before the end of the year that's stretching, stretching uh, beyond what I've uh, done before. But I know without faith, it's impossible to please Him. And I know lives are gonna be changed because of what God's asking us to do uh, with the House of Hope. And we get to be a part of that. If one person said yes to Jesus through it, it would all be worth it. Everything we did today... Volunteers, the parking lot being shoveled and the sidewalks being salted and the kids ministry. And all that we did today was so that maybe just one person could say yes to Jesus. Already the first service we saw many people say yes to Jesus and bow your heads real quick. I, I don't want to close out giving you an opportunity. This is what it's all about to say yes to Jesus. Life goes better when you put God first. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're watching online today and you've never made the decision to say yes to Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity to do that today. Maybe you're in this room and you say, Dave, at one point God was first place in my life, but he's not right now. If I'm real honest, there's some areas in my life, some things in my heart that aren't where they should be with God. But today, today I'm ready. I'm ready to put God first place. If you're one of those two people, number one, you've never made the decision to put God first. Or number two, you, you at one point God was first place, but if you're real honest, he's, he's not right now. And you say, Dave, when I leave here, I want to put God back where he belongs in my life. First place in my life. He loved you so much that he gave. God gave his very best just for you. And all he said you have to do is just receive this gift, Jesus. I'm going to count to three. If you're either one of those two people, you're in the room. I want you just to lift your hand. If you're watching online, you can just pop up a little hand emoji. Say, Dave, when you pray that prayer, pray for me. Number one, you've never made the decision to put Jesus first place in your life. Two, you need to put Him back first place. You got your priorities out of order. You've allowed something to come before God in your life. When I get to three. I want you to lift your hand all across the room. Online, one, two, three. Let me see your hand real quick. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Looking across the room, up up through the balcony. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Those of you that are watching online, God bless you. Father, thank you for hands across the balcony, across the floor, and all those that are joining us online that today are making a decision. I'm putting Jesus first place. When you put Jesus first place in your life, he'll take you places that you've never dreamed. Best decision you could ever make is the decision to say yes to Jesus. I want everyone to say these words with me. He said, if you just believe in your heart and say with your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord. Believe in your heart, say with your mouth, Jesus Christ. Everyone say these words with me say, Jesus Christ is my Lord. Father, thank you for those that surrendered today. We give our life to you. We thank you for giving your life for us. But well, we ask you to forgive us of anything in our life that would hinder our relationship with you. We thank you for those that you're drawing back that have been far from you and those that are saying yes for the very first time. We thank you that their life will never be the same again. And I thank you for a room full of people that have a heart for the kingdom, kingdom builders who have given and served and obeyed your voice for many years that made it possible for someone to say yes today. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.